1: elegant listeners and welcome to go my favorite sports team the best sports podcast that you have ever laid your ears upon i'm tyler scheid i'm your sports expert masters in sport administration you know i know the know-how i can put balls and holes i can do all the things and i am here with the ever so talented and illustrious voice that is
0: mark don't you mean bob no do no, you mean Bob? No, I don't mean Bob. I heard he I, was in here. What is he, the second most popular episode anymore, or is he now the first most popular episode, and then I'm knocked down to third? So I don't know, because there was kind of a bug on Apple Podcasts. For whatever
1: reason, <sighs> it didn't go out to everybody. It was only some people, uh, and then we had to get it fixed. But then in two days, it was like a flat line, whereas everyone else is like a peak and a fall. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. got like a plateau.
0: He got a plateau? Yeah. He got two straight days of banger views. Yes. Listens. God! I knew it. God. (laughs) I knew it. Just got to up your ante. What ante can I up more? I come in here. I listen. I try to know. I just don't. (laughs) I don't have the wherewithal. I lack the wherewithal. My all is not where. Maybe we just
1: don't talk about you enough, because in those episodes, we just talk about Wade and his past and his life and everything, and then we talk about Bob. I've always thought
0: we don't talk about me enough in this (laughs) podcast. I really have. I'm glad you brought this up. This means a lot to
1: me. We'll talk about you for a moment. You have a
0: new hat freshly placed upon your head. I do. I finally have the iFinger Sports hat. You can get it at store.gmfst.com. If you want to finger sports as hard as I do, we're going to have new stuff coming out yeah an eye finger sports finger foam finger can we get that i i want to do that we just don't have it yet well well let's get it it's, it's on the books it's going to be ordered i want a big finger five finger fo- sports foam finger to finger sports at when you go to your finger sport events but it's just going to be, read,
1: do we need to say it finger? Do we have to write the word it's, finger? It's going to
0: be a finger with like a smaller finger inside of it with another smaller <laughs> finger on it with another one and another one. It's just like a like a, the Russian dolls of uh, fingers all so the way down. So phone fingerception. Yeah, exactly. Perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect. I finger, I finger, 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 sports finger, you know, just like all the way down. Anyway, yeah, I'm Mark. Yeah, I'm the guy that doesn't know sports. And you're back. I'm back, yes. Believe
1: it or not, we haven't been in studio for, like, three, four episodes?
0: I know, yeah. It's kind of a shame, because uh, not many people knew, but I was working, basically. I was pulling about 14, 16-hour days constantly, which is why I'm very grateful for Bob and Wade for stepping in on some episodes, even if there were more Bob and Wade. Fine, Mm. it's understandable. (laughs) I get it. They do no sports. Um, But I'm back, and I'm done working, and I'm finally... Finally able to breathe a little bit, which means that it's good to be back in this studio, which yeah. is a very nice studio compared to how, uh, you know, recording distractible just in my little dungeon <laughs> of a thing. It's like, it's so spacious. It's open. It's bright. It's all nice in here. You have room to swing around. and Yeah, swing my dick around. Bounce it off the walls. You know, I, I never let it out. No, I'm i sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> God, I, this is why Bob's episode is more popular.
1: I mean, it's nice to be back in the studio. It's good to see your face again, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting here and enjoying our conversation while entertaining, hopefully, all of you elegant listeners.
0: Yeah, except Jacuzzi! No! Yes, exactly. The Thumbnail Artists. The Thumbnail Artists. Bubble Zap is sasking. I absolutely love the thumbnails for each of the vids on the GMFST YouTube channel. They all look amazing and are absolutely hilarious. But it bothers me that the person or people drawing the thumbnails aren't credited anywhere on the videos. In the description or in the channel bio. Do they do that on Distractible? Probably not, but this yeah. isn't about the JQ's for them. <laughs> it's about the JQ's for you. Okay. In You're all, in charge of the YouTube channel. Are you in charge of the
1: YouTube I channel? I am. You're I in am. charge of the YouTube channel? So I don't know which artist makes which thumbnail. Yeah. So when it gets uploaded, like I basically what I do is I do the tags. I do all of the extra work in the description and everything else to make sure everything's aligned, but most of it gets uploaded and done for me. Mm-hmm. And so, I get to that point where I'm scheduling videos and I don't know who made which one.
0: Yeah, it does alternate. We could just put both in the description. It's Kairos and Haris. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I've never actually heard it out loud. It's H-A-R-I-C-Z. And also Haris works with uh, someone else uh, by the name of... Oh, Toonsi. That's it. Toonsi animated. Mm Mm-hmm. T-O-O-N-C-E-E, I believe. And they do a wonderful job doing the uh, thumbnails. They also do many of the animations for both Go and Distractable. Uh, they do a fantastic job. This is also something that's a accused towards me because I wasn't aware that it wasn't being credited. And of course, we are big on credit going yes. where credit is yes. due.
1: And I I need to fix that. I need to make sure and grab
0: that and put that up there. Yes, we will fix this. And once again, these accuses come straight from the GMFST subreddit. Also, the Discord. If you don't know how to get to the Discord, you'll have to go on an epic quest, because I don't know either. Um, the next accuse comes from Emerald Warrior 7. Jacuse! Mark was really obnoxious during the cricket primer. I'm a huge fan of Mark and Tyler, and I've enjoyed the rest of the primers, but Mark is getting really into a really bad habit of not waiting for an explanation to finish before he just starts shouting that he doesn't understand. Please, Mark, just wait a few more moments before you start yelling.
1: Listen! Wait, I, no. This is my jacuzzi. No, no, let no. That's my jacuzzi. Oh, it's,
0: it's a jacques towards me. But fine, whatever. You're <laughs> me. I'm not accusing you. Listen,
1: I'll I'll pull back the reins harder. I'll get one of those uh, training collars that they put <laughs> on dogs. You yeah, know, maybe I'll get one of those beeping like like ones they train hunting dogs with for the shot collar or whatnot. But that just buzzes. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. Yeah. We'll figure something out.
0: I totally understand that this is for normal circumstances, but I take a stand on this particular oh, primer yeah. because the cricket primer was the one where I learned the most information. <laughs> my questions were not out of nowhere, my questions were pertinent, even though I was making jokes, I do that sometimes. But someone on the comments said it very well, because I, like, Cyber Dragon 300 said this. To be honest, in the past I have understood that Mark can get annoying by not listening or interrupting, whatever, too early, but in this one I felt it was the opposite. I just felt like his interruptions were more of a welcome break from what could easily be Tyler explaining crickets for two hours straight. <laughs> And by the end, he seemed to actually understand the sport and be interested in seeing it played, so he was clearly listening and the questions he asked help him. Boom! Roasted! Jacuzed! Reversed! No reverse!
1: I I will say that I appreciate when you interrupt it, interrupt me anyway, because it makes me think about things differently. And at the same time, gives me levity to stop just speaking at you like a teacher. That's a problem that can happen when I'm going through my notes and all of the information that I have. So the interruptions are, are a key component in making this podcast work. And I mean, the whole point of the podcast is to teach somebody who doesn't know sports. And Mark is the closest representative for those listeners. And so those interruptions are a key component. Sometimes... Maybe it is a bit too much. But for me, it makes me laugh and I enjoy it and it makes it more fun for me to do this podcast, which is why we do it together.
0: Well, that's a really lovely sentiment. But really, in all honesty, how dare they attack me? The jacuzas are only for Tyler. And my God, the jacuzas are getting really boring because they are literally just, Where's this primer? Where's yeah. this primer? <laughs> yeah, 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 primer? You haven't done this primer yet. Come on, give a criticize what he's saying about sports. All you people that think you know about sports out there, I'm beginning to think that nobody knows anything about sports because Tyler is apparently the only one that knows anything about sports or has a sports opinion no one seems to be like combating you with your sports opinions where's the jacuses about your thoughts on the offsides penalty or the rule in soccer you know where are your jacuses about the various opinions you must have had in the other primers that I can't remember at this point
1: yeah where's your anger at my opinions on certain things exactly where's
0: your accuses about slap fighting and you're like it's the greatest sport in the World, of time I've slept fight with my grandma every night oh. like where's that jacuzzi I want that jacuzzi this is getting really dull, dull with the other oh where's the uh, robotics league primer F- fuck off <laughs>
1: It's it's one of those things that every time I see one of those, I'm just like, guys, there's so many sports like let me get to things as they come around.
0: Yeah, there's more things to talk about in sports than just the sports themselves. But I do have another jacuzzi here for you. All right. Life Acadia 2919 says, I think the golf primer missed something. There are temporary merit wartime golf. Oh, Have yeah. you, Did you see this, Bose? <laughs> yes, I saw it today. Number one, players are asked to collect bomb and shrapnel splinters to save these causing damage to the mowing machines. Number two, in competitions during gunfire or while bombs are falling, players make take cover without penalty. <laughs> Is that why they call them bunkers? <laughs> no, <Nah>, probably not. <laughs> but I do appreciate it. Yeah, where are they going to take cover? I don't even know. Three. The positions of known delayed action bombs are marked by red flags at a reasonably, but not guaranteed, safe distance <laughs> therefrom.
1: Do they relocate them off the course? No, or no they just, just put a flag in there. They tie some rope around and They're like, here's a bomb. Stay <laughs> <laughs> away from the bomb. Yeah, number. If, f- <laughs> if your ball goes in there, it's out of bounds now.
0: No, if your ball goes in the the bomb area, you got to play through. It's just very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't do it, you're take a two-stroke penalty. So some people do. Number four, shrapnel and or bomb splinters on the fairways or in bunkers within the club's length of a ball may be moved without penalty, and no penalty shall be incurred if a ball is thereby caused to move accidentally. By an explosion, I'm guessing. <laughs> Wait, a ball moved by enemy action may be replaced, or if lost or destroyed, a ball may be dropped not near the hole <laughs> <laughs> enemy action <laughs> if somebody's shooting that machine gun into your ball <laughs> how important is golf that you've got you're in the middle of no man's land and there's a machine gun bullets and rockets going overhead and you're like uh, uh, get this whack damn the sand trap <laughs> you're on the beaches of normandy Just whack. Oh my god. god damn i've bunkers. actually been on the beaches of normandy though <laughs> Well, were you there playing golf when there was bullets flying overhead? No, I was there
1: I long after so. the fact.
0: Number six, a ball lying in a crater may be lifted and dropped not near the hole, preserving the line to the hole without penalty. Number seven, a player whose stroke is affected by the simultaneous explosion of a bomb may play another ball from the same place. Penalty one stroke, though. You flinched. You flinched at the
1: explosion. <laughs> penalty for flinching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: And that's all the rules for wartime golf. That is a great jacuse. How could you leave that out? I didn't know that existed (laughs)
1: in all fairness. And I will accept the jacuse for that because those are glorious. But just think about like a lot of times during World War II, there were air raids that happened on the UK. And Mm -hmm. so I imagine some people were playing golf during that time. And this happened. I'm sure. Yeah, but also, even a lot of the stuff, like after the fact, like bombs being in places and things like that, for years after World War II, those are yeah. still in existent. Mines are still being found in places and oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah, so. they
0: don't just go away, especially if they don't blow up right away. It's not like the chemical explosives in there are just not that uh, chemical anymore. Those are still there. So that's why if you find a, a bomb in your backyard, uh, don't poke it with a stick. Don't play your ball on top of the bomb. Like, yeah. Tell someone about it.
1: Yeah, I think there's probably 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 a a phone number you can call. I know, like, maybe it's the Department of Homeland Security in the U.S. Yeah, probably. Anyway, that is it for the JQs. Well, World Cup is happening. I don't know if you saw that uh, Saudi Arabia
0: beat Argentina. I did. They beat Argentina. Yeah. I actually know about this. It was two to one. Yeah the 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 argentinian no the argentinians made 20 shots on the saudi arabian goal and the they saudi arabian were called arabian, offsides a lot they were called offsides a lot wasn't the only goal from a penalty kick i don't remember distinctly cuz yeah. i was watching other games but the saudi arabian goalie was just on fire like oh, constantly man. just defending 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 i didn't see the game i learned all of this today from my trainer <laughs> <laughs> It seemed like I was knowledgeable there for a second though, right? <laughs> Let's go! Way he, to go, Alex! He, he literally was like, oh, here, you'll surprise uh, Tyler with your knowledge. Just say, tell them, like, it's not the Saudi Arabia-Argentina fight or uh, match yeah. game. Whatever. Well, Argentina
1: was trying to match the record for most games without a
0: loss oh really
1: yeah they were at 16 the record is 17 um they would have tied it so if they would have gone 18 in world cup play they would have passed the record for most games played without a loss in world cup group I believe.
0: Well, then that's really disappointing, I suppose.
1: Yeah, but one of the key strategies that Saudi Arabia was using was utilizing the offsides rule to prevent goals. There were three instances in particular that I can remember in the first half where Argentina had a a break and probably would have scored a goal, but they were called offsides. So... It was part of their strategy to utilize the offsides rule, Uh which is still a rule that I hate. But Uh in that case, like, because you know the rule well enough, you can use it as part of your strategy.
0: I mean, that's just how it goes. I was talking to Alex also about this is a different subject than soccer, but it was about like, um, you know, how people drop crazy weight before fights, right? Yeah. And it's like, what is the point of that? Because both fighters are doing it. Both are compromising their health before the match, because it's not a good idea to drop 20 pounds of water weight and then get it back the next day. It does cause your body to have some problems. And if the end result is you're both doing it and you both go up to your weight, why not just make them weigh in before they go into the ring? And then they have to be in the weight class. So that's how yeah. it was when we did like wrestling, right? We, yeah. we got to the meat, weighed in, and that's what we fought that's yep. what we wrestled at like there there was no other way around it we were told to keep low body weight by like sweating up a storm in that stupid hangar that we were oh yeah that in. was the- <laughs> but like it's just it's just like these these rules people just learn to go around the rules anyway and they use it to their advantage And i know that's for every rule they'll do that but if the rule is dumb and doesn't make a difference like why even have it
1: well actually right after we graduated the mm. hydration requirements were were put into place oh, interesting. where they would actually test your hydration levels before weigh-ins. And if you didn't meet a certain requirement for health reasons, mm, yeah. then they would not allow you to wrestle anyway. So there was no way to do that dramatic quick sweat loss before you weigh in and mm-hmm. then gain it back. And I mean, health-wise, like that's a huge deal in all sports, being able to make sure that you are taking care of your body first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, that's another thing that bothers me. It's like, if they're both doing it,
0: why don't they just box at the higher
1: weight class? That's what I'm
0: saying. Yeah. Why not? If they're they're both doing it, they are both doing it. Why not just box at a higher weight class? It just makes no sense to me. It's totally defeating the purpose.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming, but New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance, run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more this episode is brought to you by rocket money you know all those subscription websites they just hide those charges from
0: you they're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them oh i know exactly which websites you're talking about the ones that you like to go to you do i've literally
1: spent so long digging through my finances rocket money can help cancel your subscriptions you're saying rocket money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%?
0: Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com sports team. That's rocketmone dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com sports team
1: today we are getting into a topic we had discussed previously doing uh-huh. and talking about the intricacies of athletes being required to go to college before going pro oh. whereas in major league baseball you're allowed to be signed out of high school to be a professional baseball player but the nba and the nfl the other two major sports in the united states you cannot be signed out of high school.
0: How long do you have
1: to be in college? The NFL has a three-year post-high school rule. Three-year? Yes.
0: What degrees are three-year?
1: It's not a three-year degree. it <laughs> a three-year requirement? That's just what it what is. is the, what is the point of that? It's development safety. So the only thing that makes sense to me, and this is, this is where we get in the conversation, is it's then they are able to use college sports as an avenue as a minor league. And at the same time, because college sports is big business, uh-huh. They force athletes to have to do college football uh-huh. to then make money for the NCAA. It's almost like a collusion between the NFL and the NCAA.
0: How often do football players get recruited straight from high school to being capable of being in the NFL?
1: Now, that's never really been seen. Like that, That's what I would think. That goes right? back long before our lifetime Yeah, that maybe that was occurring. Mm-hmm. But... Honestly, I think more often than not, it was almost like everybody went to college, and then after their four years, then they went pro.
0: Yeah, that
1: makes sense. Um, and so we got into the like now high school football and everything else is like so big. You can be a prominent player, uh, Derek Henry in particular, who's in the NFL, uh, running back for the Tennessee Titans. He played college ball at Alabama. Mm-hmm. When he was in high school, he was insanely dominant that he possibly could have just gone pro, mm-hmm. like 256 rushing yards and like four touchdowns in one half of football in high school.
0: That probably is impressive, I think.
1: Yes. Okay, it is impressive. That's very impressive. I've got confirmation
0: that's impressive, everybody. Like, he was just an absolute beast of a human being. All right. So, but that's always been a rule. Three years minimum. Yeah. The three years makes more sense because I thought it was like there were high schoolers that were going able to go pro. But if it's like three years, you don't have to graduate. I guess uh, if after three years, you're ready to go, you're ready to go.
1: Yeah. So I think initially it was put in as a like maturity and protection for the athlete kind of thought. And that's what they guise it as, mm. um, but there is a there's a number of different things that go into this. But to start out, the reason I'm bringing this up is the NBA just recently started re-examining their rule that required you to be 19 to be able to be drafted in the NFL or NBA.
0: In the NBA,
1: yes, basketball.
0: Okay, that was the old rule.
1: The old rule is 19. Okay, so it was we saw a lot of one and duns, which is one year and then they're out to play in the NBA mm. in college. Now, this didn't come into effect because it used to be 18, which is why LeBron James and Kobe Bryant were drafted straight out of high school to play in the NBA.
0: I knew LeBron was. I didn't know Kobe was.
1: Kobe was as well. Okay, gotcha. And so like after that rule got moved to 19, you see a bunch of these athletes, Zion Williamson, who's with the Pelicans, and uh, Anthony Davis, who's with the Lakers, both of them kind of had one and done careers. They went to college for one year and then turned pro because they were required to. Mm -hmm. Not because they weren't talented enough to get drafted of high school, it's because they were required
0: to. They were required to by the rules. Correct. But the 19 rules, that has changed,
1: you're saying? They're talking about it. Okay. So it hasn't officially been confirmed, but they're having a discussion about moving it back to the age of 18 to be eligible to be drafted into the NBA, Mm -hmm. which most high school seniors turn 18. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, can be drafted straight out of high school. And so there's a lot of conversation that's happening about this, and it wouldn't take effect until 2024, but it's a serious conversation that's happening in the current potential bargaining agreement with players.
0: But my question is, is there really that great of a need in the NBA that they don't have enough college aged people of talent to pull from
1: no i think it's more about allowing the opportunities for an 18 year old where you're officially designated as an adult uh, be able to then go and pursue it as a career instead of having to go to college
0: Ah, uh, yeah i suppose so but these exceptions are got to be extremely rare because the only person i right. knew of that did that was lebron and i i had no idea if there were any others well, that would be like a, such a rare case. You'd think they would just, they would just make an exception to the rule, anyway.
1: I don't think it's as rare of a case as you may think. Mm. I think there's a certain amount where obviously they have to be exceptional athletes, right? Of course. Um, but I think it's just the ability to then allow athletes that are that good. To not risk injury and everything by going to play college ball, they can just go and get drafted in the NBA.
0: Is there an NBA draft like there is the NFL draft? Yes. Okay.
1: It's a, it works a little bit different. They do it like by lottery picks. So it's like if you're due poorly, you have more. It's like picking out of a hat. You have more names, more of your name in the hat. So when they draw, you're more likely to get the first overall pick, et okay. cetera. And so they do a draft but they had to do one and dones basically in college. And the problem is, and this was a lot of people talk about this in the fan base, is they're tired of the one and done college athlete Mm -hmm. where they're literally not invested in the school. They're just going there to play their one year before they go pro.
0: Oh, I see, because it was 19 versus it was a like 18, so like, there's no point. Versus a three-year, I guess, if you're three years into a program, who quits their college degree at the last year right before they graduate? Who does that for a career that they can pursue? Who? Who do you know?
1: And a lot of NFL players. Why, me? I did that. <laughs> And I regretted it. No, you don't. I don't regret it at all.
0: You're right. right.
1: You have exploded in so many different facets of life. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I blew up all over my life. That's what I did.
1: I mean, you kind of did. You just
0: exploded on life. It's true. It's very Um, true.
1: And so it basically allows high school athletes to then be able to go pro like they can in Major League Baseball. And I believe the NHL allows it as well. Let me double check that. Yeah, the NHL allows for 18-year-olds by uh, the September 15th of the year of their draft. Oh, wow. They even have a max age. Max age, huh? Yeah. Wow. They have to be 18 by the September 15th of the year of the draft and under 20 years old by December 15th of that same year. Those are the only ones allowed to be drafted. That doesn't mean they can't be signed. It's just you can't draft. So a lot of major sports allow you once you're 18 because you're legal and adult. You can sign mm-hmm. a contract and be a abiding agreement.
0: Okay. So uh, just to pause for a moment, let's say I'm of the perspective, I'm of the average person that doesn't give a crap about sports Yeah. since that's who I'm embodying most of these times. Why do I care what happens and what age it is and why these colleges get like, screwed out of a player or whatnot. How does it affect me as a person to want to care about this one way or another? Because I, if I'm a student at these colleges, all I know is that I didn't get a scholarship, and all those basketball players did. And I'm like, why not just have them out of high school anyway and just like go there and get there? Is it more exciting for fans to get someone out of high school because it could be the next prodigy? Is it like with college? Is it just like...
1: I think going- it's more or less the negative impact it has on the college mm-hmm. because it it affects your graduation rate. It affects like, you know, some of these athletes come in and they don't care about school. So then their academics are there, but they get a scholarship and they just party and do disrupt college life in a lot of ways.
0: Do you think people- People should care about academics
1: i think people should care about academics i'm of the firm believer that you should when you get a scholarship to a sport at a school it should be a guaranteed four years mm-hmm. but it's not and so like for me because the whole concept in the ncaa always argues that it's they're amateurs they're student athletes well invest in them as students mm-hmm. showcase that they're students and so like having multiple talks with different faculty members having multiple talks with other students like There is a negative reputation of athletes for academics Mm -hmm. because there are so many people that go to school just because, oh, I'm going to go pro in the NBA or I'm going to go pro in the NFL. And they just don't care Mm -hmm. and they don't show up to class. They disrupt class. They, you know, party and basically in that way deteriorate the level and magnitude that that university's degrees hold. Hmm. And so that reputation then can have a negative effect on you graduating from that college because it's like, oh, they're no longer like the top engineering school or, oh, they're no longer this top school because of graduation rates, job placement, various factors such as that. I see.
0: I see. I see. You know what's funny about college, anyways, is like I kind of understand that mindset, though. If you are already in a path where you're going to go in a different trajectory, I can get how it would be hard to care about your classes. I didn't even realize. For me, and I'm not, I wasn't going for any scholarship for sports. I was in engineering school. I didn't even really realize the kind of idea that you were at college to learn and just to learn. Really, that was your mm-hmm. prominent predominant means for being there and with my program it was extremely necessary to focus on that i didn't even know really how to learn because i skated through high school like, yeah I, I just did fine enough on my own i barely did homework and i didn't do really anything and i was able to get by so i get i get it i do understand for these athletes like it does seem almost like a waste of their time for if for this whole rigmarole and i think the problem is maybe less about the uh, nba and it's more about just how college sports are treated in general right like, there's it is a weird gap with college football. I definitely know that it's extremely popular, but isn't college basketball extremely popular yes. too? Why is it not more incentivized for someone, even if they were like, I could be in the NBA right now? Why is it not more in- incentivized for them to be in college and play through that and develop the skills and go then go pro?
1: So there is, um, it's a certain level of if you ever look at the financials of major college oh. or professional athletes and how they go bankrupt after a certain period of time because they have no backup plan or they spend their money or they don't have any financial advisement. Mm-hmm being able to have that college degree and stuff. Even now, like NFL players really know in the collective bargaining agreement, they get offered a person to walk them through financials, walk them through budgeting, walk them through investing and stuff like that because they're trying to prevent them from doing that, Mm -hmm. burning through their money or spending money on all these different people that come out of the woodwork. Like all of a sudden you're rich and it's like, oh, can you buy me a car or something like that? Yeah, You know, people asking for handouts and they're just people in your life that you didn't realize were there just for that moment, uh-huh. instead of be there for you as a person and invest in you, they just were there along the path to then be able to ask for a handout because they saw the opportunity for that. And so there's a certain level of getting a college education has a massive, massive benefit when you go into the professional ranks, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like you also gotta look at your youth is only so long. So like as an athlete, like if I can get into the NBA at 18 instead of 19, that's another year of career that i can have mm-hmm. that's another multi-million dollars that i can make to then plan for retirement and then thereafter mm-hmm. and so forcing them to go to the ncaa and forcing them to go to college is is a two-fold thing but it's eliminating the choice mm-hmm. and so it's the ability for a 18 year old to be able to make that choice to be able to make millions of dollars If that opportunity is there, now they can take it instead of spending money going to school, which more often than not, the athletes don't spend that much money going to school. But
0: Yeah. I just made me think of something interesting because we were talking about uh, like anti-aging things. What's going to happen if down the road – it's going to be a long time – but what happens down the road if there was some great science advancement that could reverse aging, right? And -hmm. suddenly people are reset back into their prime. Like 25 – absolute peak physical condition suddenly they're back there you have all these legendary sports people that have all the skills that they've built and suddenly they're back in their body of their prime again how do even new people coming in compete with that like that idea of someone who has decades of experience now knowing and understanding the game and then back in a body where they can compete at a level that anyone at their peak could it's
1: still innovation
0: Still innovation?
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, that's the biggest thing that happens in sport. As sport continues on, the sport itself has changed. Mm-hmm. When Michael Jordan was playing, was a different age of basketball versus the today's day and age where Steph Curry is dominant and the three-point is king. Mm-hmm. Like The way that basketball is played back then versus now uh-huh. is distinctly different. It was heavy on big men like Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. There was, it was heavy on rotation and passing. Nowadays, it's all about the three-point shot. Everything else back in the day was mostly predicated on two points, making it in the paint, scoring high percentage field goals and making sure you're taking the right shot. Now it's just dropping dimes from half court and beyond.
0: So you're saying that if Michael Jordan was back in his prime again, he wouldn't be a mid-level player in today's game?
1: Oh, he would. He would. Yeah, be he mid. absolutely would. But the thing is, there's still the opportunity as you innovate that young players will be able
0: to make their way in. I said he would be mid Oh, he'll be above mid. Okay, he'll be. Okay, I was about yeah, to say. Yeah, he'll still be great. I was, I was sure there were going to be Michael no, Jordan no, fans no, coming after me no, if no, I no, didn't no, clarify no, that very no, clearly. No, no.
1: But um, it's one of those things that there's still – I'm trying to argue the fact that there would still be a, a potential for people to be able to get back in. Okay. In that other case, though, mm-hmm. you'd really be able to actually get into the greatest of all time debate mm. because if anybody at any age could play and they're all at their prime, you literally have that one-on-one comparison. Mm-hmm. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant – Michael Jordan versus each other and you can actually see them at their very best against each other and then you can be like okay based on that they're playing in the same era now you can have an actual argument about greatest of all time because the game is exactly how it is in that moment with them against each other whereas you're not comparing ages and different methods of playing and you know, different eras of the sport.
0: Yeah, this is outside of the whole nightmare of societal upheaval that would occur if suddenly everyone reset back to the same age. That would cause a lot of problems beyond that and things would be thrown into turmoil. However, uh, in this hypothetical scenario, it will be interesting to see what happens when that does occur. Yeah, yeah.
1: But going back into what we're talking about is basically the allowance of athletes to be able to come out of high school and go into college. Mm There is a major court case uh, against the NFL about this. Oh, really? Um, It was Maurice Claret. He was a fantastic athlete at Ohio State University. He oh, was a running back. Got it. And he sued the NFL for antitrust for not allowing him to join the draft after his freshman year of college. Hmm. Like, he had an extremely successful That's year. That's a lot of career.
0: confidence in yourself to be like, I'm worth suing and being the linchpin Correct. and turning this over. Correct. Was he that good? He was. Okay. He was
1: exceptional um he won oh it was later for a short moment they allowed it and then it was overturned in an appeal i think in a few months Hmm. maurice claret never made it to the nfl he stopped playing football in college he went down a dark path and it was it was a problem but during that court case it pointed out the flaws in the system and the collusion that occurs between the nfl and the ncaa in some capacity to force athletes to go to college. Uh-huh. But at the same time with the way like football works, your prime is a little bit later because your full physical development is later in life compared to that of like basketball or baseball because of the impact you are hitting each mm-hmm. other at. The body mass that you build from 18 to 22 mm-hmm. is exceptional. I mean, I went from being hundred like seventy five pounds 195 pounds Mm. like my my muscle density everything else about that it was an extreme change I hadn't finished growing in height until my sophomore year of college Mm. so like there's still a lot of development that occurs in those moments and times and because of the way football works and the plays and how intricate they can become there's a certain advantage to being able to go to go and play college ball. Mm -hmm. And that's the argument that occurred within that, and also because it's a part of the collective bargaining agreement. Like It's harder for an 18-year-old to be drafted in the NFL than an 18-year-old to be drafted in the NBA. Mm -hmm. But the argument still stands that it should be the athlete's choice. Once you're an adult, they shouldn't, in order to make it the NFL, because the injury risks of college sports, if they are that good, Mm -hmm. shouldn't they have the opportunity as an adult to be able to then Take it as in a professional career.
0: It does make sense when you put it that way. Because if you are good enough, if metric by metric you're able to compare with all these other athletes and they're they're like you're able to stand up next to them and you're able to exceed them in some capacities. Why not? And I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of if it seems like collusion, it is probably collusion. If yeah. it seems like Uh, monopoly, it probably is a monopoly. And there's no doubt in my mind that there's a bunch of businessmen with cigars and top hats and monocles that just puff, puff and fan themselves with their money because of the amount of money that is in college sports and in the NFL. You double dip in the amount of things that people are watching because you know you can't get the NFL teams to beat the shit out of each other more, even though they try, I bet. Yeah. Um, but then you got all these college age kids and you can run them through the 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 meat grinder. You can just like slam them into each other over and over again. And if they don't make it to the pro, doesn't matter because you got extras. You got backup. You got plenty of other schools that want to go in there. So there's always more people that are willing to go into pro. So if you can squeeze more money out of it, why not? Right? Why not? Yeah. And at the
1: same time, there's an argument to be had of the benefits of them being able to go to college outside of just the football minor league system that it so predicates itself as now, mm-hmm. especially in division one football. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you look at it, there's still athletes that are getting drafted in the NFL that are insanely intelligent. I think the offensive lineman that the Bengals drafted out of Alabama, he's their left tackle now, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he was a an all scholar athlete. Mm-hmm. Like he was extremely intelligent and intelligence is needed in sport. Having to know how things work, understanding a play, being able to remember the play so you do the right thing. So there's a certain level. And then going into the financial aspect, there's a benefit to them going to college. So there's an argument that can be had that it's like, this is the reasoning, but show it. Mm. In order for that to happen, the NFL should pressure the NCAA to make student more essential. Yeah it would be less about the money and everything else associated with collegiate football. And instead it'll be like, okay, these optional practices you can't have There has to be allowable hours. You have to give them plenty of study time. You have to make sure that you value them as a student and it's not a one year renewable Uh, scholarship.
0: Do they do intelligence tests?
1: Yes, depending on how you decide those. You talking about like IQ?
0: Not necessarily IQ, because IQ is a flawed system, I think. Um, But I mean, just general aptitude tests, whatever the military does.
1: You're talking about when they draft players? When they draft players, Yes, Yes. They do It's a part of the combine. They do an interview and they actually do an intelligence test. Interesting. Like, quarterbacks is probably the one they pay attention to the most, but offensive linemen are up there and linebackers.
0: Uh huh. Okay. And how often do they reject someone after seeing their intelligence scores? It happens. It does happen. It does happen.
1: But usually your athletic performance sometimes outweighs it, but your draft stock drops if you don't rank high enough in the intelligence test that they put you through. It's Like the
0: Forrest Gump situation, like yeah. he ran real good, but sometimes he didn't run in the right direction. You know?
1: Correct, but he yeah. was still real fast. Yeah, he could he, he could run home, man. Oh man,
0: he did run home, and I I, I think that's a fascinating distinction because like yeah, I I don't think people realize that dedicating your life entirely to doing a sport very well won't go as far as you want unless you learn and use your mind to tackle the sport. There's a lot of studies out there that like the, the fallacy of genius you know mm-hmm. I hate the term genius but when you have someone that over specializes into something which is often where the term genius gets applied to whether it's someone playing piano or playing golf or anything like this from a very early age you know they're a prodigy oh they're incredible you want to see their trajectory but honestly it's like it's it's a fallacy because there's a problem with that when they over and they're not able to adapt to different circumstances and that's kind of the, the key point of sports is you need to constantly be adapting to different circumstances and be able to think your way out of it uh, at such a level that it's unconscious and so like I'm not saying you're going to go to a college class and learn the tackle any problem class 101 you know that's not how it goes but there is something to be said about having a diverse set of problem solving skills from a diverse set of applications that can be applied because it builds centers in your brain that are used for so many different tasks. There is no part of the brain that is so unbelievably specialized that is not used for anything else, barring a select few tiny exceptions. When it comes down to general systems of understanding and our perception of reality, it's about evolving those systems into a point where they can do anything you want in any situation. And that increases your overall capacity as a human being and intelligence. So learn, learn everybody out there, learn. I'm telling you, learn. I mean,
1: critical thinking is something that you need to have in every aspect of life. Yes. And that's the, that's the biggest thing that I I think I've I've struggled with some people that I've met who haven't been that great at critical thinking mm. in that they're like, I don't know how to do this, and then they shut down. I know, right? What's with that?
0: Yeah. Figure it out. How yeah. can you look at a problem and be like, I don't know how to solve it. I guess I'll just give up. I'll walk away from it. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, no. I mean, it's...
1: Uh, I mean, it's the there's the whole like uh, men don't ask for directions and don't read instructions joke. Yeah, yeah But yeah, at yeah. the same time, like that needs to apply to be able to be like, OK, I see this. They forgot the instruction or whatnot. How can I figure out how this would work? Yeah, exactly. Especially with the resources available today with YouTube and everything else, mm-hmm. you can find a how to on anything.
0: Yeah, it really is incredible. Again, this is just like I don't mean this to sound like uh, tooting our horn or anything, but there was something to be said about a lot of people saying like, you know, generations get smarter after every generation or so. Like Usually the trend is that generations get smarter. But there's a lot of, uh, especially Gen Z kids just growing up now, that assume that millennials are not going to understand how the new technology works. right? Right. Because that's been a trend in the past where you see this. The problem with that mindset Is that when we were growing up, technology still needed to be fiddled with. Yeah. Technology still needed to be hammered into place, needed to be figured out. You had to understand what the problem was. I'm not saying millennials are better than Gen Z. That's no. not what I'm saying. I'm saying Gen Z are perfectly capable of understanding and accepting all the new technology that's out there, and that's totally fine. But it's it's one of those things where, like, our generation, because we grew up with problem solving in mind for a vast majority of things that we did. Not everyone is exceptional I think. I hate generational terms anyway. But what I'm saying is, like, because problem solving skills were at the core of us interacting with technology like just figuring out how some of the irc chats and like getting your aol account stupid aol messenger shit and figuring out how to decorate and all like all building your own computers and trying to learn what the shit is there versus say uh, an iphone which is so streamlined and nice and easy to use would love to have this when i was a kid but it's 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 not saying like it's any better. It's like that kind of problem solving skills set us up to be successful in technology yes. going into the future and I'm sure there are people in previous generations that have experienced this as well but I think it's a bigger majority just because when you get that problem solving skill set you're able to tackle any problem that you want. You might not be cool while you do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure but it doesn't mean that you can't figure it out and so this is stepping outside of the stupid cliches of generational what is like in sports. I imagine it's the same thing. Having the skill set to problem solve in any situation means that you are not floundering and you can inwardly be analytical about your performance and understand how you fit. If you understand the game as a whole, you understand how you can be better at it.
1: Yeah, it's like the the student coach, like, but not towards other players, towards yourself. Mm-hmm. So that it's like, okay, I know what I did wrong and you're able to address it and improve upon your weaknesses or your struggles mm-hmm. and being able to assess the problems that are occurring and have that open communication with a coach to where they go, like you always know, more, more minds make less mistakes mm-hmm. because you have your checks and balances. And so when you have more people realizing the different parts of the whole, you get a better whole product at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one of the compliments that a lot of people had for Joe Burrow coming out of college was the fact that he knew what he did wrong. And it was almost incredibly unlikely that he would ever make the same mistake twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He learned from it. He figured out what went wrong and he fixed it.
0: Being self-analytical. And I think that is kind of a thing where if you do go to college, it's not even so much about the, the educational classes, which are important. It's about life. Yeah. You know, at 18... You have not lived the same kind of life or enough of life or made enough mistakes as you would at 24 or 23 or whenever you would go pro. And those life experiences and those inward thinking and kind of like seeing yourself as you fit in other situations and in society in general, that does have an impact. Often people ask me like how I did YouTube or whatever, Mm -hmm. like do I have any advice? And really the advice that like I've kind of come up with and I don't really give to as many people is that there really isn't anything that I can tell you that will make you better at doing YouTube. It's a self-analytical cycle. You do a video, you analyze what you did in that video, and I don't mean study it, you think about it. Just think about what you did, watch it over again, and then in the next video, you try to be better. Figure out what you liked, what worked, what didn't work, where do you need to improve? Looking in and analyzing your own flaws without being hypercritical of yourself is the most important thing to growing as a person. Same with sports, same with any kind of profession, same with anything in, in the world. If you're not looking inward and being analytical and you don't have the skills to do that, I couldn't have done the, what I just said when I was 18. Yeah, I didn't even have enough sense of self to know even the beginnings of to look inward and see my own mistakes at 18. Even at 22, when I started doing YouTube, but I was better equipped for it, like definitely better equipped. I'm better now than I did. But if I just started YouTube at 18, I may not be here today because I don't think I would have been as analytical of myself. I might've given up earlier. I might not have been as persistent or anything like that. But then again, vice versa. I could be even farther. Who knows? Well, and that's the argument for forcing
1: players to go into college is because a lot of people come out of high school and they have no clue who they are. Mm. They're following what other people are telling them. On top of that, when you go to the college level, you generally have better coaching. Mm -hmm. People that know the game. People that know what is required to be at the next level or to perform at a high level. And so all of those resources in there. And the biggest thing, criticism constructive criticism and the ability to be able to intake that criticism and not break down, but instead utilize it to then improve upon yourself. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of ways that criticism, even if it's productive, that some people shy away from. Because in high school, they're the best of the best. They're the most elite. Everybody praises them. It's almost godlike. Some people come out of high school with that idea and they go into college and they crumble. Mm -hmm. I've seen it our, like, the last four years at my undergrad, the person who got the full ride for academics flunked out because they had all of the pressure from their parents and everybody else that pushed them to that point that they were possibly burned out. And then when they got into college and it was just on their own and nobody else was pushing them, Mm -hmm. they didn't do what was necessary to excel.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is a thing. And imagine if you go from that godlike situation in high school and you go straight to the NFL with adults who look at you and only see a child. And that's what they would see. Like I look at an 18 year old today and I see a child. Like I know that they are an adult, like by all technical standards, but I remember what I was like when I was 18. You're still a kid, you're still growing up. You're not the most mature you're gonna be. I'm still growing up even at my age today. I know that I'm getting more mature as time goes on. And if I look at myself every year prior to that, I know that I was a shithead every single year going back if i look back one year i'm like oh man me last year well man that guy but it's just like having to perform it's why some kids who go some prodigies quote unquote who go to college early even though and they
1: aren't the prodigy There, they're against people
0: that are the same caliber or better and they can't relate to anybody because they're a kid They're a kid in college. They can't go to parties. They can't go out and meet people. Like, they definitely can't go date people. You know, it's like it's a situation where they're set up to fail, which is why, uh, like, most of them. Uh, Let's let's be perfectly honest, most of the kids that go to college early are set in paths with colleges that agree for the prestige and the story of it versus actually them being ready to do that thing. I'm not saying there aren't kids smart enough to go to college. I don't think they should anyway.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm a a huge proponent of people that should go to trade schools and learn a
0: skill. Oh, sure. Oh, let's get in the conversation (laughs) if colleges are even worth it in the first place, which they are definitely not from where they used to be. It doesn't mean that education isn't there, and it doesn't mean that just the time spent in life just getting your hours in on living. You think yeah. you're great at anything? Imagine how many hours you need just to be comfortable in your own body. Yeah. Like that's that's one of the hardest journeys many of us even take. Well, it's a humbling experience. You get there and
1: you're all on your own and all of a sudden you have to learn all of these new skills and people crumble. Yeah. And it's the same thing. You go in there and if you're coming in like I was the god of my high school and all of a sudden you're not a god here, Yeah, there's two ways to respond. You crumble and you hide away in a corner or you're like, I need to get back to that point. And you push and you learn and you drive. And so there's like a make or break mentality. And if you go straight from high school to the NFL, the argument there is it's even harder Uh because you're talking about people that are in their absolute prime that have been literally spending years just focused on their athletic ability, just athletic performance, mm-hmm. just the knowledge of the playbook. You go in there and you're like fresh out of high school, you don't even know maybe how to do the particular play that they're doing or running the route as crisp as they need it for to be in the right spot or the handoff is off or the pass is just slightly inaccurate in the timing. Everything is so millisecond based mm-hmm. that that jump would be huge. And at the same time not to mention the youth and how like for one they're more durable when we're younger we are more flexible generally and we are more durable as being able to recover from injury but also you're being hit by something that is going from something that's 135 pounds to 200 pounds to all of a sudden up to 400 pounds getting tackled by it that's a massive jump so there's an argument there for the safety of players there's an argument there for the development as like mentally and everything for that for them to require college but people would realize that, that it shouldn't be required. Mm -hmm. And uh, just for the record, for those of you that are like, oh, I'm going to be the professional athlete, all of this stuff that are growing up based on statistics, your likelihood to make it from a college athlete to the pros in baseball Mm -hmm. is the highest percentage. It's 11%. Oh, that's actually
0: really good. Yeah. From college
1: to pros is 11%. Mm -hmm. Granted, that doesn't mean you make it to the show. That means you make it to the minor leagues. It's still considered professional football. 1.7% of all college athletes that play football. Ice hockey, 1.3%.
0: These are still better than I thought they were.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Men's basketball is 1.2%. Men's soccer is 1%. And women's basketball is 0.9%. Because you got to think about the number of players that are on a team, Mm -hmm. especially with like football, hockey, all of those things, and baseball with all the minor leagues. Like... It's still insanely small because if you start talking about the amount of athletes from high school that make it into college sports, Mm -hmm. it drops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like you're getting at going from high school to pros is probably less than a tenth of a percentage point Okay. in most sports. Baseball is an exception to the rule because baseball, they have so many minor leagues. They have so many teams. It's there's just a larger pool. And also there's less people that play baseball generally. Mm -hmm. And so like the percentages are small, but once you get into college, then there's a lot to be learned from the coaches. There's a lot to be learned about yourself, uh, exploration. College has a lot of opportunities. But again, if you are good enough, you should be able to jump. Mm -hmm. If you feel ready enough and the teams and stuff in the NFL or the NBA feel ready enough, you should be able to jump. The biggest arguments that exist against the lowering of the age is that it drains talent for college basketball. This is just the NBA because they are once talking about it, so a lot of data is out on this. Um, And it's just talking about how there wouldn't be the one-and-done players that are exceptional. The Anthony Davises, the Zion Williamson's, the DeMarcus Cousins, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley. These are names that will mean nothing to most people. But you wouldn't have the Kentucky basketball one-and-done John Calipari days of your, like, absolute powerhouses that he just gets the best players. They come in, they play a year, they dominate, he gets them to play together, they move on. Mm, I see. Players not in college pose more risk in the sense of floundering once they jump to a higher level. So when the age eligibility standards come in, you're not necessarily guaranteed to be a high profile pick because there's a higher risk for them picking a younger player sometimes for every lebron james and kobe bryant that panned out there's a ton of other players out of high school that didn't and so there's volatility and higher risk and then at the same time like you're getting into all of a sudden hyper fixating and uh focusing where you can get overuse injuries Mm. there's an imminent double draft delight which is like you know when this comes out this is a good thing Or a bad thing where all of a sudden you have in 2024, you have people that were required to go to college the year before and those that weren't. So now you're getting the one and done athletes that are then competing with the ones coming straight out of high school. And so it's kind of unique and could be a huge stock up for talent for NBA teams. College basketball teams would get older. I don't see this as a bad thing. I feel like there would be more teamwork and everything in in front of that. Back in the days, the average age of a successful college team and years of experience before the one-and-done rule was significantly higher than it is now because in order for them to be successful, they really had to work together. And I think strategically that becomes more interesting because that that speaks more to me of the educational element of sport. Mm -hmm. They're learning a lot more about how to move together and work together, and you develop that part that is what makes sport a important part of my education that I felt and why I think sport is an important part of education, Okay, which then allows a greater focus on the student aspect of athletes, Mm -hmm. non NBA pro paths wouldn't be as attractive for recruits because what is that? It's basically the argument is like John Calipari's biggest thing is like, I'll get you ready and get you ready to be a top draft pick. Mm Hmm. So now like recruiting players would be a little bit harder for colleges because they need to sell them on the program more. It's not about getting you to the NBA. It's getting you an education. It's getting you that part, which again is reinvesting in the academics. It's focusing on selling the university and not selling, Hey, this has a great coach going to get you pro it possibly even means that we're not going to have overpaid coaches in college sports because the most overpaid coaches are the ones that can recruit those top tier athletes but if they can go straight to the nba now you get coaches that actually care I have
0: been trying so hard to follow you' guys swear to God I've been trying to listen I've been looking at you I've been like I I you lost me like four or five minutes ago okay. <laughs> I, I I'm i not saying this like ah, I don't get it.
1: I was like oh no what is he talking about <laughs> I'm talking about how this could impact the draft and uh-huh. the arguments to and for allowing the age change of the draft okay. for the NBA okay okay and so it's, it's about like the different parts of the whole and how it affects college athletes and college sports and how it affects the NBA and how it affects the
0: athletes. Do you think that regular college students should have a requirement to learn about sports? I
1: don't think they should be required to learn about sports. I mean, so this goes back to physical education in high school and the way that it is graded based on just participation as opposed to like actually being able to do stuff. Like it's basically uh, there was a turn of age where when you started learning about physical education where they're suddenly like uh, because academic students were failing physical education because they weren't putting in the effort or they weren't reaching the requirements necessary to get a grade in that course. Okay. Like the requirement was like, you got to be able to do like 10 pull-ups or something like that.
0: It does depress me that some people are adamant that like, I'll never do anything physical ever. And it's yeah. like, God, that's so sad. I'm not even a sports guy and I'm of the mind that there, there was some, uh, Greek philosopher, bullshit mm-hmm. guy, whatever he's like, uh, if you send all your, Idiots to war, and your your scholars. Send all your your scholars yeah. at home. You'll have a city run by cowards, and uh, your wars fought by idiots. Yeah, like it's it's kind of this. Like there is the and there's another quote from another Greek philosopher that's like, "How <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. How fucking dare anybody not know the glory of what their body can accomplish? Like right. we as humans do have." Uh, uh, a, we are brains in jars, and our jar is a body that we've been given. And well, like we, each body has certain physical aptitudes that can be there, but there are those that have this kind of aversion to doing anything physical, and it's like. Look, buddy, a thousand years ago, a couple thousand years ago, you would have had to hunt for your food. Mm -hmm. You would have had to go out and kill for it or find it yourself. It's like you were meant for this. You were born for this. Your, Your body is designed, streamlined exactly for this purpose. Not everyone, of course, and I get that, and I'm not trying to be generalistic about it. And I'm not talking about everyone should hunt. But it's like... People should understand that the the overall health of your body is greatly impacted by how much you do in terms of physical activity. Physical activity improves
1: your mind and mental aptitude as
0: well. Exactly,
1: it's it, you're you're a greater part of a whole. Every piece, physical activity, sport. This is why it's important for education, in my opinion, is because you're you're balancing out different chemicals in your brain and all of the different processes that go into it, to where your brain then. It it requires your brain to be able to have a reaction time, to have motor skills, to be able to do the things that you do. And it also helps trigger those processes that are activated at the same time when you're doing math, when you're doing science, when you're Mm -hmm. focused on other things. The stress relief, mental health, like the amount of factors that physical exercise impacts for you to be able to handle mentally. And then your mental fortitude when you're doing other stuff and endurance that exists. It's, it's twofold
0: yeah and I'll say to anybody because I know there's still people listening to this and they're going like rolling their eyes' are like yeah I'll never do any exercise ever and I'm like you're not robbing us from any experience you're right. not you're not cheating us out of anything yeah you're only I, robbing yourself from living your life to your fullest to being you at your most optimal to your be your optimal mental health is literally hinging on your physical health mind body connection is real it's it's yeah. real 100 percent real and to take care of yourself physically takes care of yourself mentally and overall you'll just feel better but anyway i'm yeah. off topic
1: no and that's that's completely that's completely why i'm always a huge proponent like i've had so many academics come at me and i understand their point especially in division 1 where they're like sports shouldn't be a part of the higher education system I'm like no that's i disagree and i wholeheartedly disagree because there's so many things that you learn from sports that you don't learn from other things and how important it is to have that balance and so yeah you're you're only robbing yourself and at the same time like you don't have to be a premier athlete you don't have to compare to anybody else. Mm. The greatest comparison you can ever make is to you the year before, a month before, five minutes before. If that's the best improvement you can have. There was a phrase my dad always told me when we had baseball practice. You never stay the same. You either move backwards or you move forwards. You either go to practice and you improve, mm-hmm. or you go to practice and you don't put in the work. And so you decrease your, your aptitude for whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's true in life. Every day, you either improve upon the person that you were the day before or you go backwards. Mm. You'd never stay the same. Mm-hmm. Your environment might stay the same. A lot of other factors may stay the same. But if you wait that day and you don't do the thing, you're a further day behind than you were.
0: Yeah. People are scared of change, they say. Some people. Uh, the world doesn't care. It's changing all around you. Your body is changing. Yep. Literally as you breathe. Right now, as you're listening to this, and by the time you're listening to this podcast, you've changed.
1: Hopefully for the better. Hopefully. (laughs) Maybe. So to wrap it up, what are your thoughts on the whole conversation about lowering eligibility to be able to enter professional sports?
0: I don't really care. (laughs) Because I feel like the exceptions are so exceptional That, that it is a special case.
1: But the way that it's written that you're required to go to college...
0: Oh, That's the problem. Like I, I said, I'm like I don't care if someone's 18 and yeah. great and they okay. go right to the pros. That seems fine to me. I think they should go to college because of the life experience and whatever. Not that college is that great anymore. Correct. Not that college is that needed anymore, but I do think that there is something to be said. It's like homeschooling versus high school. I'd pick high school every time just because of the social experience that you get even Correct. if it's terrible even if it's terrible especially if it's terrible then you realize that there are terrible people out there that's an important lesson to learn but to each their own it's a it's a free country and they're an adult so whatever
1: yeah so at the end of the day it should be their choice i agree I think we we found the same conclusion on that front, and that's been my argument ever since.
0: Freedom, baby, freedom—that's what America's all about.
1: But also, be smart about what you do for yourself. Freedom
0: your to be dumb—that's
1: true. That's you why can have call that it
0: freedom, <laughs> like Elon Musk and Twitter. Oh, well, you mean the smartest man? <laughs> on- <laughs> he definitely knows how to run a business more than all those people that were training for years to run uh, and all the engineers did you hear he had to like
1: call back the person who was in charge of controlling the key card smart move
0: (laughs) it was so calculated and genius and intelligent of him to do that it's so smart oh man (laughs) the man spent billions of dollars and i
1: think he's about to be out billions of dollars
0: I mean, it's currently out billions of dollars, I guess. It's it's one of those things where, like, uh, I, 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 that, no, 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 we're not going to get into this. Shut, shut. The sports podcast. All the right. sport of owning a business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Remember, store.gmfst.com. Support the podcast. Represent how much you want to finger sports. I've got my hat. I love my hat. You want a hat like this, you got to get this hat.
1: Or you can get our brand new monochrome t-shirts that are fancy. Exactly. The graphic is on the back so the front is low profile. GMFST is just written in the top left hand corner right where your chest pocket would be. On the back is just the art in or, monochrome. If view.
0: you want the art in the front, turn it around. Yeah, wear it backwards. It's your shirt, it's a free country. Free to be dumb. That's what America's all about. <laughs> this has been Mark. I'm various places. Tyler who are you i
1: exist on this podcast almost primarily but uh you can check me out on my socials as Apocalypto underscore 12 or just search tyler shed you'll find me i'll be I, doing
0: stuff i noticed when you whatever don't even mention the name of it but that new social media that people are going on i noticed oh. you didn't just go for apocalypto you still went for the 12 <laughs> and i'm like couldn't you have just this was your chance it's it's,
1: it's keeping the same streamline you know it's keeping it the it's same. like
0: wade with lord minion <laughs> yeah. i told him so long ago like at the very like the first month he was like you could change your name so it's not it doesn't have the numbers in it he was like no i like the numbers no- <laughs> i mean i'm i'm i might make a complete rebrand and just do my name
1: yeah um but i'm not to that point yet where i feel ready or capable to do that uh. i feel like i need i need some some me put out there as just me first
0: All right, fair enough. Well, anyway, you can find just us here at the podcast by liking, following this podcast so you always know when there's a hot and fresh episode ready to go. Go to the subreddit and give your jacuzas to Tyler. But if it's another pro, where's this primer? I'm going to find you. (laughs) I'm going to be in your closet tonight if you do that and not in the way that you want. Anyway, bye. Bye.